Hey, <laughs> uh, I'm still uh, still scouting out space. I was across the, the street here looking at the old location of the office, wondering if maybe we'd be able to rebuild, but uh, I don't know. But that uh, notwithstanding, welcome to uh, Season 3, Episode 15 of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. That would be me. We are fueled by Gales Gas Bars, supported by Performance Heating and Air, as well as Verge Insurance Group, and powered by WeStream, Canada's first and foremost streaming company. And uh, we are headed in here to Fiddler's Poor House, as per usual, our gracious hosts every week for Niagara 411 Live with Lee. And... Uh, uh, what happened? What happened to the Santa Ana winds of this morning? Holy cow! It's gotten cold. So let's go in uh, and get a little uh, get a little warmer. We have a really cool show coming up for you today. Darcy Patrick, one of my uh, uh, actually, I'm going to call him one of my heroes, and I'll explain to you why I refer to him that way uh, when we introduce him. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the scow in the river that's been there since 1918. Jim Hill is going to be joining us from the Niagara Parks Commission because it appears there's finally some movement going on there. We're going to uh, talk about a great show coming to the Meridian Center and a bunch of other things. So listen, 30 seconds away, uh, stick around, and we have something cool for you to win, too. We'll tell you about that when we come back. We are back. Hey, welcome uh, back into the ye old programmy here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Kevin Jack on the right-hand side of your screen, executive producer of this here program, as well as co-founder of WeStream. We'll have a ch chance to uh, talk about uh, his company uh, a little bit through the show as well. Getting busy now and just... Uh, just uh, ga gobbling up clients uh, all over the place, which is just... Uh, just super. Uh, and the technology you're witnessing right now is uh, as a result of everything that WeStream does. And we put it up against any of your national or international news and or broadcast uh, programs or networks uh, because of the quality, the consistency, and uh, well, just because it's darn good. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about that later. Without further ado, I mentioned we'd give you a chance to uh, have uh, 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 to win something. Well, we don't normally uh, we don't normally uh, do this on the, on the program, uh, but this is a, this is a first, and this is very easy for you to do. Uh, it's all courtesy of Clover Therapeutics in Niagara Falls. You see the 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 site there on the on the little phone, uh, and all you have to do to enter yourself in the draw to win a half hour massage from Clover Therapeutics and Wellness Center is to share this post. Very simple. You're watching the feed already. All you have to do is click share, poof, uh, and you're in the draw. All right, and then we'll, uh, for everybody that shared it, and we, we have that data, for everybody that shared the post, we'll, uh, we'll make a random draw uh, after the show and post the, post the winner and we'll let you know if you're it, all right? So uh, anytime during the show, 
you can uh, hit the share button and here we are. Kevin, uh, interesting week. There, there continues to be, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because God knows we spent enough time in the last two years on it. Uh, there continues to be question marks surrounding COVID-19. Like if you were to put COVID-19 and then the Niagara region logo, there'd be question marks all around it. That would sort of be how you would sum up our situation here in Niagara. Um, because uh, Dr. Herji, acting medical officer of health, again, uh, has, has said we may have to step outside the provincial mandates if, if the province doesn't do something uh, that, we, that we need to follow. All right, the here we go again thing kicks in. So uh, right now, though, cooler heads are prevailing and we are living our lives as close to normal as we possibly can. And I see people wearing masks uh, and that's fine if they feel more comfortable in, in certain settings. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't care if they wear a mask. I don't care if they wear a suit of armor. I really, it, it is as of, of no import to me. So, um, and I will do what I want to do. You'll do what you'll want to do. The Mayor, uh, Mayor John Tory uh, tested positive for COVID <laughs> yesterday. He, he's isolating. So everybody's going to get it sooner or later probably anyway. So um, there are some other things that uh, we'll bring up that caught our attention over the course of, of the week. One of them I may or may not talk about because Kevin may just explode. Uh, and I don't want to do him any harm. And uh, while we're talking about harm, um, mental health is a huge, huge, huge issue globally. Uh, and we're going to have a gentleman on, on the program today whom I met because of that topic. His name is Darcy Patrick. Patrick. Uh, many years ago, he was actually standing on a bridge waiting to jump. He managed to talk himself off that bridge. And, and this, isn't, uh, this isn't a metaphor, this is actual fact. He managed to talk himself off that bridge. He, he sought help, got it, and completely reformed his life. He became an author, speaker, um, an, a mental health advocate, facilitator, instructor. Uh, I call him one of my heroes because I've never known a stronger person than Darcy Patrick. Um, heroes come in all shapes and sizes and, uh, and from all kinds of different walks of life, and Darcy's one of mine. But he's in, the, he's, he's in my news, on my news cycle today, for something completely different. Just when his life was going absolutely perfectly, he, the, the happiest he'd ever been in his life, he had horrible, horrible back pain and has gone through an ordeal with the Niagara Health System uh, that um, was horrific for him. Thank goodness he seems to have come out on the other side of it, but we'll get his story when he joins us at about uh, 12.15 or 12.20 today. 12.45-ish, Jim Hill is going to be joining us. Ah, yes, the wonderful scow story that still resides in the upper rapids or lower, well, yeah, upper rapids, if you will, of the Niagara River, just above the brink of the falls between Chippewa and Niagara Falls. And oh, Yes, I know Chippewa is part of Niagara Falls, but you know what I mean for the locals. Okay, so the scow uh, that's been there since 1918 is apparently shifting. 
There have been some pieces we hear uh, broken off and I think it's probably only a matter of time until there's not enough weight to hold it in place and it's going uh, over the brink. That's my own opinion, but Jim Hill is Senior Manager of Heritage with the Niagara Parks Commission and he is going to be joining us I think from the river actually uh, to talk about uh, the, the scow story uh, and uh, man it's it I, I still get uh, I still get tingles up and down my spine when I think of that of that story and you may have recognized the name Hill because uh, I'm not sure what Jim's association is if or if there is one with the famous Red Hill and that and, and his family that were the river daredevils if you will and uh, Red Hill and uh, and assistants actually got the people off of that scow, that fateful Halloween night in 1918. Or was it Halloween when it moved? Anyway, we'll find out. Jim's going to be joining us uh, about quarter to one, 20 to one, somewhere in there. All right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one because it's fascinated me ever since I was a toddler. Coming up... Uh, at uh, well, a little after one o'clock is Kay Mayur. She is the director of marketing at the Meridian Center, and it's kind of cool that uh, the famous uh, acrobat dance uh, troupe—hard to describe what Cirque du Soleil does. We'll call them acrobatics, uh, for the lack of a better way to put it. But uh, Canada's only stop for Cirque du Soleil show called Crystal is going to be here in St. Catharines at the Meridian Center. So that's kind of cool. We'll, uh, we'll have Kay on to talk about that. Uh, and we're going to have a show on, uh, when we do our show on uh, the 20th of June, I think it is, we're going to, uh, or 26th of June, what is it Kevin? 26th? Um, 16th. Oh yeah, you thought it was the 9th and we went to, yeah, 16th of June. Okay, wanted to clarify that. Uh, it's a Kiwanis Club, uh, fundraiser and uh, we're going to be joined by a Qantas Club member after one o'clock today, Len Bates, he'll be uh, cluing in because we're going to do that together here at, uh, at Fiddler's Poorhouse. I want to once again say thanks to uh, Nick, hi to Nick's mom, uh, for, uh, for partnering with us on this, on this initiative, Niagara 411 Live, that continues to rack up some uh, wonderful numbers as far as viewership and we thank you for that. Um, Kevin, uh, I do want to go back to last week just for a little bit. I mean, there's no sense in rehashing the whole story because everybody's pretty much familiar with it. Judging by the amount of comments that were out there about uh, the Burks being suspended from being around the OHL till 2004, or 2024, excuse me, and, uh, and being fined. Fifteen hundred dollars uh, by the league. Uh, One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Why am I forgetting decimal points today? I don't know. One hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars by the league for for the comments that they made in uh, in what was supposed to be private, but that's really irrelevant uh, conversation. Nevertheless, um, I, what I wanted to mention is the fact that the Niagara residents did two things. Um, they support it. They seem to support the decision of the Ontario Hockey League because the comments that were on the page about this story 
certainly were supportive of the actions taken by the League and were not supportive pretty much in any way of, of the Burke's position on, on this incident. So that, that was the one thing. The other thing, Kevin, that I was heartened to see is the fact that it did not appear to harm the players in that the fans still showed up uh, at the Meridian Center to, to watch their next game. It was, almost, it was almost a capacity crowd. I think there was like 4,800 plus people there, uh, which is good. It's great because that means the players aren't getting penalized. They still have their fans. They still know that uh, that the community supports the players and supports the 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 team and you know and their careers, which is is a great thing. Yeah. So, uh, still still a crappy situation. And uh, I mean, Lee, here you have 574 comments on Niagara 411, yeah. and about 90 percent of them. Um, I'll say either negative or in support of the OHL. Absolutely. Against the ownership group of the Burks. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did it live here on the program last year. I would have to say that the apology coupled with the leaked transcript, that was the worst thing. Yeah. The crime was bad. Their attempt at an apology was even worse. And I think that's what prompted well, the mass was... leak of everything. And I mean... Here is the apology, and I can't remember. I mean, they went out of their way to point out in their apology that it wasn't racist. But what does that matter when you drop the C word twice and you use a homophobic slur against somebody else? They go out of their way in their apology to say that it wasn't directed towards any staff member. Well, there's a staff that's, member not, that, that's not true. <laughs> there's a staff member named Nikki that works for you, and you use the C word to describe her. Yeah. You also called your scouting staff a bunch of F words. So it was directed at individuals. The apology was almost worse than the crime. Well, it, made, think, it made me think, as a family member, I can no longer support that ownership group. I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to the players. I love hockey. I love high-level hockey. But you yeah. know what? I can go watch the Junior B Falcons just as easily. I can go watch the Niagara Ice Dogs. Yeah. And as long as they're at the top of the pyramid, I can't bring my wife and my daughter there. I can't. I do not, I do not believe uh, that... This is anywhere near uh, close to being resolved. Um, the again, the concept of something being a private conversation is <laughs> is irrelevant because these kinds of expressions should never be used, even in private conversations. Uh, it was on a social media <laughs> app. I think it was through the WhatsApp app. Uh, and 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 to and that apology is worded as if nobody's ever going to really find out what was actually said. But we all know that that's not going to happen. Now everybody knows what was actually said. So how lame does that apology seem now? Because it's un under any circumstances that's not acceptable. Any circumstances. To try and even pretend, and again, in their apology, it wasn't racist. Well, no, it wasn't, but it was homophobic and misogynistic. So you just yeah. left those out? Yeah. It wasn't directed so, at any individual. Yes, it was. There were actually names in there. You named people specifically so and you slurs racism, against them. Racism wasn't the issue. No. <laughs> no. 
And then, it, well, it's a private conversation. Apparently, you don't know what a private conversation is. You're using WhatsApp for official business. Whether it's WhatsApp, whether it's a text message, whether order, it's email, it's all the same. In, it's order not, for some, it's in, in order for something to be a real private conversation, you better be having it in a closet with your wife at home with no phones. <laughs> and then if somebody bugs your closet, then it was a private conversation that was leaked. If this is a conversation that has multiple staff members in there, I guarantee you if you scroll through there, there was official business being conducted through WhatsApp saying, hey, can you complete that report? Hey, what's the progress on this? That's I, not a private conversation. I repeat a mantra that I've lived with in business for many, many years, and that is the, the very moment that you agree that you are going to involve family members as a group in your business, you have now a heightened sense of responsibility. You better be paying attention to what people say because family members are used to talking in certain ways that strangers like a, a coach uh, and a manager would not be having this conversation I don't believe if they probably weren't brothers or very, very closely related. Anyway, that's a, that's a rehash of, uh, of last week. And uh, again, like the, uh, the chips will go where they may, and we're not done with this yet. As I mentioned, Darcy Patrick uh, is joining us today. Uh, Darcy, it is so wonderful to see uh, your lovely face. I mentioned, I don't know if you saw the beginning of the show or not, but uh, you remain one of my all-time heroes. I don't have many, but you're one of them. How you doing? Wow, and that means so much to me that you say that, and it's so nice to see you again. Um, and uh, you know, I'm doing good. I'm <clears throat> I'm on the mend, good. getting stronger uh, slowly every day. Um, so now we met uh, to do to do a backstory, and, and it's not going to be the the primary reason that we're talking today, but uh, a backstory quickly. I'll try to I'll try to be quick because you've got such a such a story that it, it would take the entire show to go through it. But uh, Darcy was in a dark place a number of years ago. He was on the bridge, literally. Uh, pulled himself back and did the hardest things uh, that someone suffering from mental illness can do. He asked for help. And if you've, if you've ever been anywhere in one of those dark places, that's the hardest thing to do. He ended up going to a, a therapist who advised that he should start his uh, his road back to good mental health by writing by writing his his experiences down writing his story etc and never 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 uh darcy uh, did you expect this to become a book it was just for your own for your own healing and and since then you've done or or almost have done five books the first one was why i run how i how i won my life back uh and and it's gone from there, for which I, um, I congratulate you wholeheartedly. Now your life, you, Darcy used to be, sorry not letting you talk yet, I'm just trying to set the scene here. Uh, Darcy was um, one of the supervisory staff at Long & McQuaid Music uh, store that you're familiar with in Niagara for many, many years. Uh, Niagara renowned musician, bass player, uh, etc., and is now changed his life into uh, author, mental health advocate, facilitator, instructor, etc. Uh, and I'm assuming you still have the title of peer support worker at the Hamilton Hospital, is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, I'll go back in July. Yeah. So, 
So that's, that's the part of your life that I'm familiar with. And only recently, recently for us, not necessarily for you, started your journey through the Niagara Health System. And it started one morning with a bad back. Time for you to go tell us what's happened since then. Yeah, so um, I am a peer support worker uh, in Hamilton at the West 5th location. Um, five books led me to where I am, so I kind of changed my life uh, over the last six years completely, turned it upside down on its head. Um, yeah, so on January the 2nd, um, I woke up with no rhyme, no reason, with the most excruciating back pain that I've ever felt in my entire life. I couldn't move. Uh, there was three levels of pain. There was like a hard pain, like wrapped around my spine. There was a stabbing pain and electrical shock going through my legs. Um, and this pain, I thought, you know, I must have done something. I must have twisted my back. I must have, you know, pulled the muscle or something. But that evening, um, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I could hardly get out of bed. Um, my wife literally had to lift me up and help me to the bathroom. And uh, I got out of the bathroom and I looked at her and I said, I'm done. Like, this is like the most painful thing I've ever experienced. And she said, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, just, just, you know, I throw in the towel, call 911. Um, so the, from that moment on, the bizarreness of this just kind of took off. Um, the paramedics showed up to my house. Uh, I could barely walk three feet or five feet without pain. My right leg uh, was barely working. My left leg, uh, my wife had to like help me put on my pants uh, because I couldn't move. And the ambulance came and the attendants were like, why did you call 911? Why didn't you just have your wife drive you in? Um, they, you know, they intimidated, uh, they humiliated, and they made me walk out my front door, uh, down my stairs in the freezing cold, and they sat me in the rumble seat of the ambulance, the little seat that folds down. Wow. They yeah. sat me there when I could barely stand or sit. No, because they just thought it was just another guy with a sore back. Yeah, they automatically think whenever somebody has a bad back that there's nothing wrong with them. That's okay. that's just that's just the way it is. That's why I got treated the way I got treated in the hospital. And when I was in the ambulance, sitting in that seat, the ambulance attendant looked at me again and said, "I don't understand why you called nine one one and not have your wife call, like drive you in." So oh, I no. said to her, "You know, I know the implications of calling nine one one." I work in a hospital now. I really don't want to put my personal health at risk with COVID-19 running wild at that time in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And putting, you know, my, if I go back to work, putting the other employees and where I work at risk as well. Okay, so take us now to the hospital. So, yeah, so, you know, she was just stared at me with a blank look, didn't respond. I get to the hospital and I finally see the doctor lying on the examination uh, bed 
and I'm like in writhing pain. Like the pain that I was experiencing was a 10 to an 11 at all times. It never, it was relentless. And he walked in and he said, Mr. Patrick, I hear you have a bad back. And I was like, no, man, there's something really serious going on. Um, and I went into great detail um, with how my pain was working its way into my abdomen, down into my legs. I went through uh, the severe night sweats I was having as my body was like trying to fight this off. Wow. Where I'd wake up in the middle of the night with like a, someone threw a bucket of water on top of me. I went through everything and he just looked at me and didn't even react. Um, he grabbed my leg, moved it around. I was like in severe pain. Um, he got me to stand up and try to bend over. I could bend like maybe an inch forward, um, not never go backwards. Like I, and you know, I was a guy who woke up every morning at 5 a.m. for the past two years doing yoga um, and meditation. And there, like this, there was no reason for this to happen. So he offered to give me more Tylenol and Advil. Didn't do blood work, didn't do urine, um, didn't think of getting maybe even an x-ray or a CT scan of my back, given all the things that I told him. I don't want to go into too much detail about right. uh, that. And he and he sent me on my way. He sent you so home? He sent me home. And again, um, you know, once my uh, once I saw him, I was then made to, you know, walk out of the emergency as well um without anyone escorting me uh wow. showing me where I'm going and them knowing i'm in excruciating pain uh it was just like you know get out of here you got a bad back so i was intimidated i was humiliated and for some reason i trusted this dude because i didn't want it to be bad I wanted it to be, like he said, a bad back. Well, we're we're trained we're trained to believe these professionals uh, when they tell us something. Yeah. So right. So you know, that's how we're, that's how we're brought up. Yeah. So I trusted them. So I you know I went home, and I said, okay, let's get uh, like over the counter muscle relaxants. I was popping like nine Advil gel caps a day, probably <laughs> four four to five muscle relaxants um, to get so I could still work, still provide for my family. I was up every morning trying to stretch, you know, this out and uh, nothing, nothing was working. In fact, it was getting worse and I was losing more function in my legs by the day. So when did, so, when, when, when did the, uh, and how did the correct diagnosis happen? Yeah, so, I mean, I woke up, you know, and this is funny because it was the day that my fifth book was to be released, right? Which is normally like a great thing where you promote and launch a book and be happy. So February 28th, um, I woke up, I went downstairs and I started to do yoga and my legs didn't work. Um, so I was grabbing my leg and I was like physically moving it into place, my left leg, trying to balance, it wouldn't balance, went to the right one. And then I quit and I lied down and I thought to myself, I'm done. Um, not only is this going to be like something extremely serious and not a bad back, um, but this is going to be like a really long recovery. So I went upstairs, popped my pills 
And I was like, you know what? I feel good. I'm going to go to work. So I drove to Hamilton to West Fifth, and I, uh, I, I worked the morning shift. And by noon, I could barely lift my legs off the off the ground. So I got in my car and I left. And I came to the back to the emergency, scared. Here in St. Catharines. Yeah, I was scared, and I was like humiliated. Um, but I had to, I had to take a chance. Thank goodness that the doctor that I saw actually did his job. And I want to like really stress how good of treatment I got, the professional, the caring, the kindness that I got once I was admitted into that hospital. I saw this doctor and, you know, I, through this whole thing, I don't like mentioning names, but this doctor's name was Dr. B. Croft. And he actually listened to everything I said. And I was sitting in this horrible recliner that they have in the emergency room. Yeah. Um, and so to try and you know relieve some stress sure. and he ordered blood work, urine. He got me a CT scan. Um, and directly after the, like 20 minutes after the CT scan, he walked up to me and he said, we got to get him out of this recliner and into a bed. And, okay. So- yeah, and so, and so then he said, there is a bacterial infection attacking your spine. Say, 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 say that a, a bacterial infection attacking yes. your spine. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, so they ordered an MRI to make sure they wanted to get a better look at it, to make sure it wasn't uh, didn't look like cancer, um, and then they admitted me directly in, into I was like in a bed within like an hour, on a ward. They did a biopsy of it and they ruled out that it was cancer, um, and then this led to uh, in, you know them contacting infectious disease. Um, and three weeks of testing and antibiotics uh, at the general hospital. Wow. Before, yeah, you know, and they were incredible. Like uh, their pain management, uh, the the doctors, like a level of caring um, and knowing that there was something extremely wrong with me, that it wasn't just a bad back. Well, it must and have it, it, it must have been a, a, a relatively uh, eureka moment for you when finally people started to pay attention to what you knew was going on in your own body. I mean, that, it, that's got to be a relief when you can finally feel comfortable about putting your future health in the hands of, of somebody that believes you. Yeah, it was, I, it was amazing. Like I was amazed at the care, like the caring that was going on and the, the how they wouldn't give up. So then, okay, so then, um, sorry to interrupt you, but so then the treatment has resulted in some pretty significant uh, procedures. What, how did they proceed to try to get at this bacterial infection in your spine? Yeah, so what happened was they were hitting it with like IV antibiotics like three times a day. Uh, and, you know, it, what was happening to me nothing was lessening it was getting worse okay so i like couldn't lift my left leg off the bed um 
if I got up to go to the bathroom, I would get like the shakes, like I had um, like a high flu, like a high temperature, mm -hmm. but I had no temperature at all. So my nervous system and everything was like running wild. So they referred me to Hamilton to to the the, the, the uh, neurosurgeon, the neurology yeah. place, right? So they shipped me by ambulance all the way there. And uh, a doctor and a bunch of other doctors looked me over, looked at all my tests, and then said, we need like another biopsy. We need bone marrow. We need all this stuff. So they sent me back and uh, they did all the tests in St. Catharines. And okay. it was like, it was instant. As soon as they did the second biopsy, um, I was so painful. Um, it was ridiculous. And I woke up the next morning from the biopsy and a full body MRI in just the most writhing pain I've ever been in. And my right leg is numb from the knee all the way up to my hip now. Uh, and the doctor comes in and says, you're going to Hamilton for emergency back surgery. Wow. That's a, me that's a message that people don't want to hear. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's do it, right? Like, I mean, you got to, at that point, my pain was at an 11. Like, yeah. it, it was never wavering. It was never going down. Wow. So, yeah, okay. I went to, so I went to Hamilton, and, you know, I woke, I woke up, and, you know, I got lucky, and I got uh, a doctor named Dr. Bittner, um, who's, like, Canada's leading neurosurgeon and uh yeah he he went in and he said that the disc was completely gone at l2 and l3 and the bone on those vertebrae were eaten so he had to put in eight screws two rods and use like a, a fusion type mixture in between the two vertebrae that will become bone so my life's completely uh stopped dead in its tracks for the next uh wow. you know i'm not gonna be able to go back to work till july 6th um i'm i'm able to sit uh for like 30 40 minutes uh i can walk with my walker um and i can stand long enough to kind of you know wash myself shave and yeah brush my teeth and then what is the long-term prognosis? Uh, will you be able to do the things that you did before uh, as you did them? Because, I mean, uh, like the first, the first, the title of your first book was Why I Run, because part of your personal therapy was you became a runner, uh, and, and you were, you've always been very physically active, et cetera. Is, uh, are you going to get back there? Um. They say that you'll get back to maybe 80% of, of okay. uh, what you were. I asked him immediately, um, like when I, the next day when I woke up from the surgery, I said like, will I be able to run again? And he said, yes, but you'll have to relearn how. I said, will right. I be okay. able to, to, to do yoga again? Yeah. And he said, yes, but you're going to have to relearn how. So. Okay. I mean, and I'm not new to that, right? Like I'm very resilient. Uh, I make up tools. I write books. So I understand what he's saying uh, when it comes to relearning how to do these things. And so, I mean, I'm, 
so Darcy, the 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 very first thing that went through my because I follow you on Facebook and we don't talk a lot, but I I try to stay up to date with what's happening with you because I care about you, and um, and the first thing that went through my mind is the. I don't know, call it serendipity or whatever it is, the, the, the downside of being where you were in that dark place many years ago, uh, digging yourself out of the hole, building yourself a new life, happy, well-adjusted, productive guy just thrilled with where he is, and then to be hammered by this bizarre thing, like out of nowhere, it's like... How do you not get? How do you not get dragged back into that dark place? You understand? I'm like, of all people, for this to happen to somebody that's got all this positive stuff going on now in his life, it's like, oh my God! Uh, how did you? How did you do that? How did you get through that? Well, I drew. You know, I drew on my resources. Um, I believe that you know everything in life happens in perfect timing, uh, and I think that. Everything that I had done, all the teaching, all the writing, all the working with mental health was preparing me for this. Um, because if I hadn't written the books, if I hadn't had all that therapy, this would have taken me down. So you like used 100%. you used your own tools uh, so I used, to help yourself tools. again. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I talked to my therapist, um, you know, once a week, sometimes twice a week. Uh, via phone while I was in the hospital. Um, I wrote, I worked my way through, you know, the hard times, trying to understand um, what my new me was going to be yeah. after this and come to grips with it and and, and realize that, you know, that it's okay that this happened. Well, I'm glad you're still with us. Uh, your attitude is amazing and thank you for the story and it sends a great message that we all should uh, pay attention to our own bodies and make sure that um, that others pay attention to it as well. Thanks, Dars, uh, and uh, Godspeed. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Lee. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome, man. Bye. Uh, check him out on Facebook, etc., um, and and his books and whatnot. Now, if you are so inclined, please, while you're watching this feed, share it. That's all you got to do. Just click share and uh, you will be in the running to win a half hour massage from Clover Therapeutics Wellness Center in uh, Niagara Falls. Clover Therapeutic Wellness Center. Well, uh, and uh, those are very valuable things. And boy, I'll tell you, if you've never had a, a really good deep tissue therapeutic massage, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> you, it, it'll be one of the best, you'll go back again, I can almost guarantee you. Um, also want to take this moment out to thank Gail's Gas Bars for fueling this program, and also Performance Heating and Air Verge Insurance Group for supporting us. We stream Kevin uh, Jack, uh, executive producer of this program, and his partner Brandon Scram, Canada's premier streaming company. Uh, one of the best interviews, uh, I don't know if it's best interview, one of the more interesting interviews, I guess, is a better way to put it for me, is uh, one that we did with the executive director of the LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and uh, you'll, you saw those uh, rainbow bars over Gail's Gas. They are Niagara's uh, registered 
uh, LGBT plus business. Uh, it is the time to get your uh, heating and air conditioning systems uh, checked out as we head into the hotter weather. Uh, Performance Heating and Air, thank you for supporting us. Uh, they try to save Niagara's money because they have family living here too, you know. Verge Insurance Group, uh, Mark Shirk, Blake Shirk, uh, Verge Insurance Brokers uh, Limited, thanks for, uh, for being here. Uh, we have uh, Jim Hill coming up. I'm not sure see if he's waiting in the wings yet, Kevin, or not. But uh, I, when we were conversing yesterday, I mentioned to him you might want to click in about 12.45. And, uh, and so we're waiting for Jim to do that. Jim Hill is the Senior Manager of Heritage for the Niagara Parks Commission. And the topic of conversation today is that old scow that's been locked in rocks at the top of the falls in the Upper Rapids since 1918. My mother was born in 1917 and she just died about a year ago at 101. So that's how, I mean, you think about how long that, that hunk of metal has been, uh, has been sitting locked in space and time in the Upper Rapids since 1919. I think Niagara is the only place in Canada you can travel where people know what you mean when you say scow. Scow, yeah, I know. It's... Oh, yeah, the old scow. Generations and generations. Literally a word I've never used elsewhere in my life outside of describing that one thing. Yeah. Um, Lee, while we wait for Jim, I wanted to throw this up here. Big fire at uh, Thorold Automotive, or I'll, I'll get the exact name right, but, I mean, people could just see this. Medic from, Automotive. Yeah, for miles and miles and yeah. miles. I think this is just going back. Was this yesterday afternoon or Tuesday? Uh, no, I think it was no, Tuesday. No. Yeah. It was Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, just Because I, re I, reached, I reached out uh, to, to the medics. Uh, and a lot of people thought when they said it was Medic Automotive, they thought it had some uh, relationship to... Um, to the medical profession, like uh, ambulance repairs, and, and n nothing could be further from the truth. That's simply the last name of, uh, of the couple that built the business and owns the business, but it was a pretty Look at that shot awesome there. looking fire. I mean, you want to say that everybody in Niagara saw this fire. It was a clear day, and people could just... So many people were talking about it in the days past. And yeah. it should be notedly that... And I zoomed in there, I mean... I know it. I didn't know it as medic. I knew it as the 407 Auto Parts, mm -hmm. and then I also knew that Sealands uh, and Sons Paving also shared that building. I drive by there quite often. Right. So I knew that the paving company was there, and they're kind of lost in it. I mean, the majority, uh, you know, of that building is occupied by the auto parts, but also Sealands and Paving. So a number of companies, a lot of families and individuals, really affected by this fire that just yeah. kind of took over the skyline in Niagara on, on Tuesday. On on. Unbelievable, uh, the, the 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 visuals of that of that fire. Now, they uh, in not exactly sure what was inside there, but there were definitely automobiles, and they specialize, uh, as I understand it, in auto repair of imported and or exotic vehicles. So if there were vehicles in there, big black smoke would, would probably involve some sort of rubber. Like if you've ever seen rubber burn, then uh, it's, it's big and black and thick and toxic like, like that. And uh, I did reach out to the medics, by the way, uh, yesterday or the day before. And 
I, I was thanked profusely for uh, for reaching out because they posted something on 411 thanking the firefighters and the emergency personnel for helping out as they did, and I thought that was under under a under a time of such stress and emotional upheaval for the owners of a of a business like that to come out and publicly thank people for for their support. Uh, I think that's pretty special. So uh, I did reach out to see if they wanted to come in on and talk about it. She said it's just a little bit too early. We have a lot of big decisions to make, and uh, but we appreciate you reaching out and it's going to be a tough, tough time to work through because, well, you can imagine the kind of things you're going to have to deal with. So. Um, our condolences to to the medics for uh, for having to have gone through that. That's never 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 good. Fire, fire is so debilitating. Joining us on the program, as I mentioned, uh, Jim Hill, he's senior manager of Heritage for the Niagara Parks Commission. And uh, hi, Jim. You are actually live and in living color uh, at the top of the at the top of the falls, and behind you is our scow. I see. That's right, Lee. How are you? I'm good. Now, start out, first of all, Jim, uh, by telling me, if any, what relationship you have to uh, the famous hills that I worshipped when I was a kid. Oh, we got a freeze. It'll be back. Did you hear the question? I, I did, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I, am, not, I am not related to You're not. William Red Hill Sr.'s family, no. But oh, I, they my... kind of, uh, at the 100th anniversary... Uh, in 2018, a couple of them said I, I would be adopted into their uh, part of the clan. <laughs> okay. And they're lovely people. Lovely people. <laughs> okay, because because uh, Red was actually pivotal in uh, rescuing the guys that were on that barge uh, yeah. before it got when it got stuck. Yeah, I, and what's incredible is here's a guy who'd already rescued people on the river, yeah. had been given. Uh, bravery medals by an organization that's still out in Alberta that still gives Canadian civilians bravery medals. Um, it sounds like the Royal Canadian Humane Society, but like, I'm going to mess up the name, but they will still give out medals to people to this day. They've been around for 120 years. Wow. And he'd already saved people on the river. He had come back from the trenches of World War One. We're pretty sure he'd been gassed. Uh, maybe wounded as well mm -hmm. and and on the day of the rescue there are a lot of guys here the fire department the local police the parks police the u.s coast guard uh the power stations are still guarded by uh local militia troops because the war's still on and of all those guys red hill volunteers to go out uh, on these tangled lines that have been fired over to the scow by the coast guard He'll be back. I mean, look at some of these images. Yeah. We, oh, not sure if we've... Sorry, Jim, we just got a little bit of... I think everybody just stepped out of his way. This is Red Hill. This is the guy. So. And, uh, and, and so how many people did he have helping him then do this? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I, 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 maybe some of your viewers or listeners might have a better sense of it. But I always tell you there has to be at least 100 guys there. Wow. Between the guard uh, on the power station, uh, the local police, the local fire department, the parks police, 
there's a lot of people uh, standing around. And here's this guy who's not really directly affiliated with any of the rescue services. Yeah. Who uh, who volunteers? He's just a. He's and they just, let him. They let him. Well, he's just a, he, he's just a, he he was a river man, and he knew that river pro, pro, yeah. probably better than anybody alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so. Jim, what is the what is the current situation? What I heard this past week is that this the scow was was shifting or had shifted that there were and I don't know what to believe and what not to believe that there were maybe some chunks had broken off et, et cetera. What's the current status of our scow? Well, it's, it does appear to be in three uh, chunks, three pieces, and uh, if people had seen a scow even a month ago. Uh, the portion that was left was was intact, but there was a large uh, gap forming um, in the middle of the hull, or what was left of the hull. Right. Uh, and then um, just last week, um, we had a lot of weather. Of course, the ice boom was let out, and uh, so you had a big flow of water and a big flow of uh, of ice down the river. And it would appear that that break in the hull has now been complete. And then uh, a portion of the scow facing up river broke off, but none of it's gone very far. It's it's basically sitting where it was or has been for the past couple of years uh, on the rocks and the rapids. So it did it did as I understand make some sort of a major shift. I mean, major in this situation in what 2019? Right. So Halloween night, of 2019. We had, we had wind conditions, high water in Lake Erie, yeah. and again it. Uh, it shifted. That was the first major move in 100 and, uh, I guess, yeah, 101 years at that wow. point. So, uh, and it only moved less than 50 meters at the time. And, the, and in the scheme of things, with the power of that river in that spot, um, that's amazing that it has not in 101 years or 103 now uh, been, been dislodged completely. Uh, and and gone and gone over. How do you continue to monitor this, Jim? Uh, our uh, parks police have a camera on it all the time, so they're keeping an eye on the on the scow uh, all the time. Since that last move, they decided to make sure they keep an eye on it. But really, Lee, it does look like it's breaking up in place. I mean, we don't want to see it won't move further uh, because if you'd asked me in 2018, is this thing going to move? I said, it's been there for 100 years. Yeah. But just the state of it. Um, there's really no, none of it that is left that seems to be uh, buoyant. I mean, it was made of pretty heavy metal yeah. uh, back when it was a functioning scow. So it seems to be breaking up. And really, even in 2018, half the scow was gone. Okay. Uh, we, have, we have drone footage that we took for the 100th anniversary of the rescue. And, uh, yeah, the whole American-facing side, facing New York State, which was really facing into the current a little bit, had been sheared away. Uh, so what we were looking at was more like a, a billboard. It looked like a boat, but it was really <laughs> just sort of uh, just one half of it facing Canada. Right. Amazing. Uh, so um, what, are your, what are your thoughts with regard to how long it'll be there? Will, will the remnants of it be there for another hundred years or is it just going to disintegrate and float away in bits? Are we going to get a picture of it actually going over? What do you think is going to happen? Tough to say, Lee, but if, if what's happened to it in the past few decades is any indication, it looks like it's going to break up where, where it is. 
just like that other half that's disappeared over the decades, that's right. probably what we're seeing, but in a little more spectacular fashion than in the small pieces that we're breaking off from the side-facing Goat Island. But we know, but we know that, uh, as you say, we've got a camera on it, so we won't miss it. If there's some sort of cataclysm, we, we, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that, we'll see if big chunks do go over. Yeah. So, so Jim, what does a senior manager of heritage uh, do for uh, for the Niagara <laughs> Parks Commission? Tell us a bit about you. Well, I tell people I'm kind of our lead storyteller. Awesome. So, uh, and we have a lot of great stories in this in this community and up and down the whole the whole river. So we have four staffed historic sites. Uh, from Fort Erie to the Mackenzie Printery, Laura Seacord's home, and, and McFarland House. Yeah. So those are staffed mainly through the summer months and into the fall by our team. And then we have a big collection of plaques, and markers, and monuments, and artwork, uh, museum, uh, archives. That's sort of our responsibility. As well, a, that, as a that is, that's wonderful, and, I, and I'm so glad we got in touch. So, so stay in touch with us. I'm going to keep all your contact info because uh, you're, you're fascinating, fascinating stuff around Niagara. Uh, and uh, whenever we have a chance to pick your brain and your memory and your records, we'll will do so. I really appreciate you taking the time, especially to do this from the river and, uh, and go out of your way to, to help us with this, because this is uh, just an awesome piece of Niagara history. Thank you. It's a, gr it's a great story. Thanks, Lee. Take care. Jim Hill, Senior Manager of Heritage for Niagara Parks Commission. And no relation to the Hill family uh, and Red Hill that, that rescued the people out of that. How does that happen, Kevin? Well, here you thought it was nepotism. I did. I thought there was some sort of deep DNA here that that we needed to explore. But that's that's amazing because I, I mean, like like any Niagaran of my age, you've been fascinated with that thing since you were knee high to a Coke bottle, and uh, and it's always been part of our lives. Always been part of folklore. Uh, there's all kinds of stories that are made up about it that are not at all true. Uh, people call it a shipwreck. Well, it's not a ship. It never was a ship. It was just a barge that uh, got let loose from uh, what was being towed, and then it got hung up with people inside it uh, on the rocks above the falls. And uh, like so many, so many stories uh, about that. Uh, great, great conversation. Thank you, Jim. Hill, and thank you, Niagara Parks Commission, for making him available. And the fact that he went down to the river to do this, Kevin, is awesome. And nice shots that you put up there, too, by the way. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Seems like they're not the only ones flying a drone over. Aren't drones so cool? We can get such great footage sometimes. You know, and there's another one of those, um, th those technology things. We've said before, social media can be used for good or can be used for evil. Things like drones. Uh, that were, first of all, only the realm of military, and they were used to, to, for surveillance or to blow things up from, uh, from very far away so that people weren't... I mean, that's, that's, let's face it, that's where drone technology came from, is from the military. Um, and now it's become commercialized, like most things. Uh, have become commercialized. Hey, we've got this in uh, in industrial use. I wonder. I wonder if we can market this to the to the general public, to the consumer. And and here we go. And we all yes, and we do hear about the crappy things that people do with drones. But 
There's a fine example of uh, sports activities, uh, another one. Uh, I've seen uh, the real estate industry using major, major uh, drone activity to highlight the properties that they have for sale on their sites. I mean, so many positive, creative things are being done with, uh, with, with these drones. So again, it's a, yeah, you can use things for good or evil, depending on... Uh, depending on what your mindset is. And Lee, for the good, I just want, uh, and as a way to segue and, and bring an update, drones have been used by experts in the search for Katrina Blagden and also for yes. Nick Adamson. Which continues to, to get a lot of attention uh, on our broadcast. Just wanted to let you know, um, I am a member of both of their Facebook groups, so really that's where I'm gleaning information. Okay. But there has not really been an update of significance in the last week, and of course we really hope that we get something soon in either yeah. of those cases. Um, there was another missing persons case uh, this week on Niagara 411. Yes, it at, was posted uh, on Niagara 411. And you know what, Lee, while I, uh, here, just a second, I'm searching for that. Uh, you're a dog owner and a dog walker, and this good, <laughs> this good Samaritan story popped yeah. out at me a little bit. So I'll yeah. pull up the uh, missing persons, and you can share this with people. I will indeed. This afternoon, when returning home from work, a lady pulled into our driveway asking if I had a dog loose. My neighbor had just informed me that my dogs both got out four hours earlier and they were only able to get one in the house. I said yes, and that he's a pot cake. I'm not sure what that is. A pataki? Pot, pot, I'm not it, sure either. It, a rescue, I saw that as well. A rescue it might be from a particular place and was terrified of new people because I know that happens if dogs are imported from other, from other lands. My son and I set out, uh, we live on Beaver Dam's road across from Seaway property. Uh, he could be anywhere and started shouting his name, Freddie. This wonderful woman set out on foot to help and stayed until we had him. My son was able to find him, thank goodness, and asked for the lady's name. Her name is Valerie and she does a dark, uh, a drove, a dark, gray back small vehicle. I would love to thank her in person for her kindness and help. It's people like this that restore my faith in humanity. Valerie Hall. A couple of Valeries. Um, yeah, it's nice that people just do things for people. It yeah. just... Uh, it just is. Really is. Lee, uh, in just a second here, we're going to talk to Kay Mayer from the Meridian Center. Because yeah. Cirque du Soleil is coming and all the things that are happening this summer and maybe beyond at the Meridian Center. Uh, but do want to sh uh, put a focus on a missing persons case here. Uh, this guy from Smithville. Yeah, this went up a number of days ago. Currently conducting a missing person investigation stemming from the township of West Lincoln, Smithville, as Kevin said. Eight district NRPS officers searching for Kyle Brocklebank. He's 33 years old. Family members reported that Kyle uh, was missing uh, to the Hamilton Police Service on the 10th of April. An investigation uh, is still underway. It was determined that Kyle was last seen in the Niagara region March the 24th. That's a while back, uh, 2022, in the area of London Road and Thompson in the township of West Lincoln. The Niagara Regional Police Service has assumed carriage of the missing person investigation, meaning that it's now on their turf. Uh, Kyle's male, white, six foot three, 185 pounds, so he's sort of tall and slender, short dark hair, spiked in the front, thin goatee, believed to be wearing a black jacket, blue jeans, black DC shoes. And of course, everybody's concerned about uh, Kyle's welfare. So March 24th, that's 
That's a while back. Here in Niagara somewhere. Kevin, we have uh, had a lot of people ask, what the heck is going on uh, in Niagara, or do we just hear more about people that go missing? Could you be know? a little bit of both, but I think so. it has been a little eerie, the number of incidents, I'd say, in 2022. Yeah. It, uh, it yeah. really has been, but like you said, I, 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 I don't know what to put it up to other than every single one of these cases means that there are family and extended families whose hearts are absolutely breaking. I can't imagine. And can't they're, not, they're not news stories. They're human stories. And, I mean, we, we try and reach out. We've had and the Kelly Blagden of, yeah. on. We've had Nick Adamson's brother on. And, I mean, you can just see it. Like, God. And the, the, the depth of emotion and, uh, and, and pain that these families have to go through, I just can't imagine it. On a lighter note, uh, Cirque du Soleil has a show called Crystal coming to the Meridian Center. And uh, what's kind of cool about this is, as you see there, the Meridian Center is the only Canadian stop on this North American tour. Don't miss this opportunity. It's here from June 30th to the 3rd. Kay Mayer is joining us. She's the Director of Marketing for the Meridian Center. Hey, Kay, welcome back to the show. Hey, Lee. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Always, uh, always good, to, good to have you. Oh, nice cow in the background. Is That's that a, Betsy. Is that a pet cow? Yeah, that's Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I so, have a cows. <laughs> okay, so it's, uh, it is, as we say to everybody that runs public facilities, and we've talked to you about this before, is the fact that uh, it's nice to be past this uh, COVID shutdown thing and we can actually start uh, entertaining people and getting together to be entertained now. And uh, how does the Meridian Center become the only stop on a... On, on a tour of a company as famous as Cirque du Soleil. How does that happen? Well, I like to think a lot of it has to do with you? Uh, how we manage me <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and how we managed to sell that show out uh, so well before the shutdown. So that show was uh, scheduled before the pandemic and uh, we had all but sold out eight performances so quickly for that show. And then they actually added a ninth performance because it was selling so well. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I'm sure there'll be other tours that come along that have it, but for right now, we're super excited that it's the only, it's the only Canadian stop. And uh, I think what that means for us is that um, generally, most of our shows are about 85% locals. I think that in this case, we'll definitely see a lot more people coming from out of town. And that's an opportunity because a lot of people from uh, outside Niagara that haven't had the chance, when they do see the Meridian Center, they realize what a world-class facility it really is. Yeah, it, it's great. and. Similar to Elton John, you know, I mean, I remember talking to people after Elton John was here and there were some people who didn't know he was here. And I thought, were you living under a rock? How did you not know that Elton John was in Catherine? But we actually had a fair amount of people come from out of town for that show as well. And it's nice to be able to not only highlight the Meridian Center, but Niagara itself as as an amazing destination. So, yeah, any time we can do that it's it's a bonus what are the what are the price points on the tickets for Cirque du Soleil they range from about uh 65 to about 120 for tickets for those shows okay Plus fees always but, yeah uh, yeah they're they're not bad it's also not a full arena 
setup. It's basically like a horseshoe setup gotcha. um, where the stage is about just pine center ice. So it's not 5,400 fans in the building. It's probably about 2,700 in total. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Just to so, give a perspective. So there probably won't be, considering that and that design, there probably won't be a bad seat in the house. No, and I like to actually think that there really isn't a bad seat in the house in our venue. Um, yeah. You know, again, I talk about Elton John, but imagine being able to see Elton that close. And the worst seat in our venue is, you know, would be a four, five hundred dollar ticket in, you know, one of the bigger stadium shows. So right. there really isn't a there really isn't a bad seat. Um, and I think for this show, it's interesting because I heard you chatting earlier. It is so there's so much acrobatic in it and not just on the ice it's in the air it's you know it's all around you so it is a very intimate yeah it's it's really it's really i've seen a couple of cirque du soleil shows uh in the u.s as well as canada etc and they're they're also very different and that's why it's really hard to pigeonhole the cirque du soleil experience as any one particular thing they're they're not just trapeze artists they're not just acrobats they're they're not just uh, magicians they're you don't know how to describe Cirque du Soleil because there are just so many different skill sets and talents that are involved in one of their shows it's true I I sort of wrap up the experience in just one word that it's magical no matter what no matter what show it is no matter uh, you know what if it's the Beatles show if it's it, Whatever it is, it's a magical experience because you can't imagine. I think almost everyone is better than the next. They're so, they're so talented. The artists are phenomenal. They work such crazy, intense yeah. hours to be able to put that on. And this show, I mean, imagine doing acrobats, acrobatics, and then imagine doing it with skates strapped to your feet and flying <laughs> yeah. over top of ice. I don't know. I'm, I'm slightly terrified, but I'm really forward to that experience yeah, yeah. me uh, me me too and uh, they have and they tailor their experience to the size of the venue they're playing and I've seen them play in very very large areas where they've got maybe a hundred troop members or whatever doing different things all in in context and then very intimate like you were talking about very intimate settings but they're still as amazingly entertaining regardless of whether it's big or small there it's it's truly a, a, an experience worth worth seeing it's, it's amazing it's true it's true and a little fun fact when we built this venue uh one of the things that we did we made sure that we had a tall ceiling so it's 54 feet and yeah. we did that to ensure that we could get shows like Circus Soleil in yeah. because if imagine the rigging that's required sure. to get artists to fly across the the venue it, it's pretty impressive so yeah so i mean that's uh it's one of the things that we did and thankfully that's paid off for us cool can it's we get awesome. tickets can we get tickets now are they on sale so they're on pre-sale right now and they go on sale to the general public on tuesday the 19th at 10 a.m awesome and uh i would like to say to people to go to the Meridian center website Often you'll be redirected to a fake site, a fake ticketing site. Go directly to the Meridian Center page and click on the buy now, and you'll yeah. be sent directly straight into. All right, thank you. That's uh, that's good advice because these days with 
ticket sellers, uh, third-party sellers being what they are, you're never quite quite sure. So go directly yeah. to the Meridian Center site. Uh, yeah. K. Mayer, Director of Marketing uh, for the Meridian, thanks for being here. Uh, congratulations on being able to get back to normal and landing Thank this you. and landing this show. Give our regards to Betsy, um, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 we'll and we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds great, Lee. Thank you. Awesome. Bye, Kay. Bye. There's our uh, our now, protectors uh, those, going uh, on by. Those video clips that you were seeing during the interview with Kay, that is from Cirque du Soleil, and those are clips from this crystal well, show. Well, that's, that's what that's I assume because she talked about skating and uh, and acrobatics, etc. And, uh, and as I was catching glimpses of the of the shots up there, so that's that's part and parcel of what you're going to get a chance to see from June 30th until July the 3rd at the Meridian Center and go to their site, buy the tickets directly from them. Don't, to a, don't go to a 30, third party seller, all right? Because there's all kinds of ticket scams out there. You never know uh, when you're going to get burned by one. And to follow up, speaking of scams, to follow up on what I was talking about last week with the uh, Ontario license sticker rebate scam that was going out, people getting emails and stuff saying, go here to claim your money and da 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 and, and we said, your stuff's going to come in the mail. It's not going to come over email. It's not going to come over text. It's not going to come over direct message. It's got to come in your snail mail. And sure enough, my wife and I both got our rebate checks over the, over the past week. So they're on the ball. As long as, as long as your address hasn't changed, since you got your last sticker and uh, and all your vitals like your email address and all that and your or I mean your home address and all that rest of it are uh, are in are in place you're good to go all right so there we go kevin um, we're we're going to we're going to chat uh, we're going to chat a bit with uh, Lynn Bates from the Kiwanis Club because we're going to be partnering with them um, kind of in a in a cool fundraising event happening here at Fiddler's Poorhouse uh, on uh, Jul June the 16th, and uh, we're going to bring him in in uh, in just a second. I want to bring something up though because I want to watch your head blow up, and I, I just I just well, you know what Lee? I thought you were going to go here, so I'm going to set. We're going to go up there. I'll, I'll set okay. them up, and uh, and while I'm doing that, I'll let you. Uh, okay, because you don't want to come. Yeah, well. Because I'm going to bring this up because it was me that wanted to do this. Uh, because it's it's something, I'm sorry, uh, City Council of St. Catharines, we don't want to be politician bashing all the time. But I think you, I think you booted this one. I really, I really think you, this is me saying this, I think you booted it. It being a $15 a year or season parking pass for our beaches. Now, you'll remember, everybody that's watching this, we had some issues, some problems with parking and too many people overloading the beaches of, uh, be it Port Luzi, Sunset Beach in, uh, in the north end of St. Catharines and others, uh, because of people coming from outside the Niagara region, uh, coming here because they weren't restricted as far as masks and COVID mandates and all of this other stuff. Well, then the city, the city of St. Catharines, put in place a system whereby you could apply, if you were a local resident, you could apply for um, um, a mirror hanger, a ticket, 
if you will, a pass to be able to park uh, at the beaches or the parking places at the beaches in uh, within the purview of, of the city. Okay, so. Um, and a lot of us did that. I did this uh, as well. My and one passer family, etc. Okay, that's cool. So you don't have two cars down there. Whatever. Okay. So now, as a result of uh, having to monitor uh, and regulate this, apparently it was very onerous for staff of the city. So. Uh, COVID is pretty much, as far as restrictions are concerned, COVID is pretty much done. But anyway, the council goes forward and says, because of this onerous uh, load that was put on city staff, we've changed how we're going to do this. Uh, we're, we're not going to discontinue the passes, but we're now going to make you pay for them. $15, you got to pay for a, for a parking pass if you're a local resident of Niagara to be on a St. Catherine's beach. What the hell are you thinking? This makes, makes absolutely no sense. We, we don't have the COVID issues anymore. The Toronto uh, and, uh, and GTA people have their own beaches now that they can go to. We're probably not, we're gonna go back to what we were before when you could just go to a beach. We're gonna be what we were before and then if there's some sort of a problem, you deal with it after the fact. But I'm sorry, uh, now we've got this new system, this new company, this new software, the new logistics of, uh, of tracking things. And oh my God, we're now, we're now in this wonderful, technologically advanced place when it comes to monitoring who's paying to be at our beaches. Well, I'm sorry, uh, you got it wrong. You booted this one. Uh, it's not going to fly. You're going to get a lot of flack, and it's too. It's the you're closing the door after the cows have already run out. You know, you're closing the barn door way too late. It's done. It's over. You should have just canceled the whole pass program, be it free or not, right from the get-go, and said, "Okay, come to the beach, and then we'll deal with the problems later." Ridiculous. Sorry. Ridiculous. I'll stop now, Kev. I'll stop now. <laughs> Coming up on the 16th of June, we shall be ensconced here as per usual in the window. We'll probably have the window open uh, at that point at Fiddler's Poor House. And we're going to be uh, kind of partnering and enjoying the company of uh, the Kiwanis Club and uh, one of their big fundraisers of the season. Joining is Len Bates uh, of the Kiwanis Club. Uh, his companion is Sandra, and uh, but Len's the mouthpiece for the organization. How you doing, uh, Len? What's going on? Well, thanks, Lee. It's, uh, it's interesting that with the opportunity of sitting here and, and listening to what you're doing, this is a first-hand experience for me, and I'm enjoying it. I'm going to have to be one of your followers now. I hope so. Uh, absolutely, and I'll pass the word out. Uh, the reason uh, I'm here, I'm representing the Kiwanis Club of St. Catharines. Um, we've been established here in the city since 1935, so for 87 years plus, we've been doing things in the community, and I'm sure you know the different things we've done. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, our president, uh, Corey Abbott, decided that we should 
make it uh, our project to help all agencies that are starting. Meaning, um, there's people out there that have a really good desire to make a difference in the community. Uh, they don't know how to finance it, or they don't know where to go for help when it comes to marketing. They don't know where to go to get support or like-minded people. Uh, so we're trying to do different things like that. In the last uh, while, uh, we've had certain ones come to the club and we give them checks for $1,000. Okay. They have to meet a, a certain um, procedure first to, to be eligible for that. But they come to the club and they explain to the club well, what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it. Um, and then we look at that and see how we can help them. And money is certainly always uh, helpful. But it's not always, always. just... I'm sorry, Lee. No, I just said always. <laughs> Money's yeah. always helpful. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. And, and, and people look at that. But there's more to it. Our, our goal is not just to throw money at a project, you know. What's the old expression? Uh, you're going to give the person fish or you're going to teach them how to fish. Exactly. And, and uh, I think our goal is to see what we can do to help them progress and how to introduce like-minded people in the community that they may share their knowledge and their uh, abilities to do things in the community. So what's happening on the 16th of June? Well, I'm gonna let Sandra talk about that, but I... I um, oh, she told me she didn't wanna talk. Well, listen, I, I'm gonna tell you, Sandra... You get Sandra started though, and she won't stop. <laughs> Sa Sandra is the committee chair, and Sandra got me in here because she said she couldn't talk. So, okay. And she can certainly talk. As a matter of fact, um, we're very thankful. San Sandra's committee um, was the one that was responsible for trying to narrow down the ones that had an immediate need okay. and an immediate availability to do something quick. And um, Kiwanis Club has already put up $10,000 to help wow. um, the Niagara Mobile Closet get off the ground. They had an older vehicle, and I won't go into details, but they needed a couple thousand dollars immediately. We provided that, plus we're providing more money to, to go things with it. So we put a challenge out there. Anybody interested in helping out the um, Niagara's Mobile Closet, or if you want to get into other projects out there, and you think Kiwanis might be able to help, please contact us. That's Terrific. what we're here for, to make a difference in the community. All right, Sandra, you're up. Tell us about June the 16th. What's it called? Wacky Wager, I hear? Yes. All right. So Kiwanis has collaborated with Niagara's Mobile Closet to create a fundraiser that challenges our community to get involved. We call it the Wacky Wager. Teams or individuals will raise money to perform a dare live on Niagara's 411, <laughs> June 16th, at Fiddler's Poor House, located at 149 St. Paul Street, St. Catharines. This is going to be a fun and interactive event, as we're all been waiting for, as COVID is finally getting near. How do we find out about this and know what to do? Well. First, I would like to dare you to join us in making a difference in our community, but to the mayor and city hall. We know how compassionate you are and caring you are with our homeless population. So Kiwanis is asking if you are willing to participate in our goal to raise money for Niagara's Mobile Closet to continue their great efforts in everything they do in our community 
to bring in a team and come and do a dare. Okay. All right. So there's a there's a direct council, uh, challenge to city council right at, right after I uh, bashed them for charging me for for beach parking. That was good, great, great timing. You know. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, well, they call it, it's, hey, it ain't, it ain't called live streaming for nothing. There's a reason we call it live. Uh, all right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and how do other people get involved? And you, you've thrown that challenge out now, and I've got to drag my foot out of my mouth. So beyond that... Uh, how, how do the people that are watching this feed get involved? So we are going to put something up on Niagara 411. Right. And we have a great little poster that Amy from Niagara's Mobile Closet has created. And we are going to put that on Niagara 411. We are also going to attach it to Sandra's Home Health Care Services page. We are also going to attach it to uh, Niagara's Mobile Closet page. Okay. So we will have it on all of the websites. Okay, and uh, it'll be kind of a special show for us here uh, as well, because uh, I mean June the sixteenth is a Thursday, and we're going to be doing our Niagara four one one live, of course, in conjunction with this event. So it should be kind of fun. It'll be a little bit, uh, a little bit crazy, a little bit sort of uh, ad hoc, off the cuff, and well, live as they say. So uh, anything might, uh, anything might happen. I wanted to. Just shine a light a little bit and and, and thank uh, Len, you and your uh, and your organization as well as Sandra and the the work that you do with Qantas, is um, you know one of the things that you see when you enter any community, uh, and and this is pretty much Canada wide, uh, is you see the sign "Welcome to" whether it's Niagara Falls, Fort Erie, whatever it is, and and there's always a there's always a sign, there's always sort of a billboard. And it has the logos of the service clubs, the the, the organizations that serve that those communities. And, I, and and oftentimes we drive by those things, and we pay no attention to them. We take them for granted. But organizations like Kiwanis uh, and other service clubs in Niagara, we should certainly, and anywhere else for that matter, should certainly not take for granted. You people do fabulous, selfless work, and. Uh, and I congratulate you, and uh, uh, and I hope people really pay attention to the work that you you folks do. I would love to thank you guys. Niagara 411 has, as soon as I called, I made the call, let you guys know what I was doing. You guys were more than happy to jump on board. So thank you to Niagara's 411 from the bottom of our hearts, and also thank you to Dave from Fiddlers for always opening up his place of businesses every time I have a fundraiser. Thank okay. you, Dave. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, throw the mic back to, uh, to, Kent, uh, to uh, Len for a sec. Len, um, how, many, how many members in, uh, in your organization? In our St. Catharines Club, there's uh, 53 members uh, that have been active, and uh, they range everywhere from 38 years of age uh, all the way up to 84 years of age, and everybody's very active. I was going to, and, and that's, that's wonderful to hear that you've got that wide range of demographics, because over the years in the different communities I've lived, I've been involved with a number of service clubs uh, in my time, and one of the challenges for, for clubs like Kiwanis is, uh, is, is always that re renewable or sometimes hard-to-be renewable resource, and that is people and volunteers to, to be members, and especially of the younger 
uh, demographics. It's always uh, it's always a challenge um, because well, life changes. Life is different. Life it's more complicated. We've got the social medias, and there's so many different areas, and almost everybody is trying to raise a buck for some worthy cause. And all the causes are worthy as well. So it's a challenge for organizations like yours. So kudos to the younger people that are joining. And if somebody wants to reach out, find more about Kiwanis, what its what its mandate is, how how they might help you, uh, folks now and in the future. How, how do they do that? Well, you can start on our website if you want to, Kiwanis St. Catharines. Uh, just contact us and uh, we'll make sure that uh, somebody gets back to you. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there's also, for your listeners throughout the region, uh, there's a club in Niagara Falls, a club in Welland, and there's a club in uh, Smithville, okay. West Lincoln. And uh, we all work in unison when there's a project uh, to, to be done, like the, we had the community care project we all raised money together on that mm -hmm. for the food drive we've given uh well last time i think it was 14 tons of food uh, we've been doing that for about 12 14 years so every year we do that so the, that's part of it we've got together with the um children's center up and, and help there we've mm -hmm. also put money into well, all kinds of things. You're probably familiar with the Aquatic Center. Yes, and, and abso hockey. Oh, we, absolutely. I swim hockey, there. Hockey. We've got <laughs> over 500 uh, people involved there, and all volunteers. One thing I will say that we don't get paid, but we get paid in kindness and smiles. You'll get you'll get you'll get paid uh, in the hereafter, my friend. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Uh, uh, the Niagara Mobile Closet. Ask about that. Yeah. Uh, well. We just did. We just asked to tell us about the Niagara Mobile Closet. What is it? How does it work? I am going to say that Amy and a couple of the other volunteers from Niagara's Mobile Closet would be happy to come on mm -hmm. to speak on further dates about Niagara's Mobile Closet. I did have an experience, and I do want to share it if we have a moment. Yeah, you do. Um, when I was asked to go look at different um, places for Kiwanis, I, I looked up Niagara's Mobile Closet, and I wanted to dig into them a little bit more. And what I did was I went out to all of their events I went out uh, along with other Kiwanis members we went out and we went into their truck and we handed out meals um, the truck goes and picks them up from Silver Spire Church the meals are prepared there we bring them on the truck and we give them out in different locations throughout the evening um, Kiwanis happened to give them out da our downtown core um, I also went to their shopping experience this actually broke my heart to see how many people were actually at that experience. Um, it, it pulled on my heartstrings even more to see what Niagara's Mobile Closet does to ensure the dignity and respect of these people. Um, this is why I jumped aboard quite quickly. Um, their compassion, their personability was so heartwarming. They knew them all by name. They relied on them. They take them through an experience of shopping that they pay nothing for. They may take as many items as they would like. Really? Okay. It, it was so real. It was so genuine. And it was so heartwarming. I. It was heartwarming. So it was nice to see. That's why I jumped aboard this charity. I firsthand saw what they do and how they do it. And, and an update, um, folks. Um, 
in the interest of transparency here, uh, this was a post from Niagara's Mobile Closet in St. Catharines. As heartwarming as Sandra was, it was heartbreaking that they found their truck, Mo, broken into uh, last night. It's an unfortunate situation to the many donors who took the time and effort to provide donations to help others and to their hard-working volunteers. It's hard to tell what clothing was taken, but the majority of the hygiene products, men's, ladies' underwear, were taken along with the backpacks, our most highly coveted items. It's our hope that whoever did this will share freely as we do. Next time, just ask, and we can save you the time of breaking in. It's all free. Um, there are there are some sad and broken people in our society that take uh, that make bad decisions, and that was obviously one of them. So our condolences to to you and Amy and the folks uh, at, at the center, and hopefully the people that did that will realize the impact and the deeper meaning of what it is that uh, that that they did. So. Uh, so, all, all the more reason to look on the positive side and uh, get behind the event on the 16th of June here at Fiddler's Poor House. Uh, and in the meantime, find out more about the mobile closet, find out more about Kiwanis, uh, do your own research, realize that uh, um, you're involved with an organization that is uh, totally uh, above board and uh, without, uh, without question an organization that you should, uh, should support. So thanks, Len. Uh, thank you, Sandra. Uh, we're going to we're going to move on and get ready to close up the program. But thank you, guys. And by the way, before we get out of here, I want to let you know that if you're watching this stream, please share it. All you have to do is click share, and you will automatically be entered in a draw for a half-hour massage from Clover Therapeutic Wellness Center in Niagara Falls, uh, very, very, very high value. I don't know, half hour massages go between, depending on where you are, 75, $100, or whatever. I don't exactly know the price point, but it's a very valuable thing. Uh, and uh, the, the winner will be drawn at random from all of those people that share this feed and because we know we know who you are and we'll we'll make a we'll make a draw so uh, just uh, share this feed and you can you have right up until the end of our musical uh, piece to share this feed because it's live the whole way through so you can do that and uh, speaking of our musical piece uh, before we do that though uh, let me do this first again uh, lest I forget uh, Gail's Gas Bars, thank you very much for fueling this program. Uh, great local show today. It was a, a super show. I'm just pleased with the people that we had on to know in. Uh, Gail's for, for supporting us and fueling the program. Performance Heating and Air, Verge Insurance Brokers Limited, Kevin, uh, Jack, Brandon Scram of WeStream, and Kevin, our executive producer, of course. It's always a pleasure working with you guys and uh, working with you in particular, Kevin. Uh, we, back at you. Great yeah, show today. Yeah, it was. I'm just just thrilled with it. Darcy Patrick, thank you for being here. Jim Hill from the uh, Niagara Parks Commission, uh, check his interview out with us about the scow if you if you missed it earlier. Uh, K Mayor Meridian Center, thank you. Len Bates and Sandra from Kiwanis Club, thank you for being here. Road Warriors, uh, Road Waves coming up. Road Waves, Road Warriors. That was an old wrestling duo, I think. I think they were uh, like tag road team. Road Waves. Why did I say Road Warriors? I think maybe that's what it is. The WWE guy. 
that in your brain. I think it they did, were an old, it did. The old road warriors. Team. Yeah. Uh, Lee, before we drop out today, want to wish a happy birthday to John Paul. We got a request from right here inside Fiddlers, and now as John the, Paul, happy birthday. As the sun is shining, and we're kind of getting back to normal living. Yeah. More and more people are coming to watch the show live, and I encourage you to do it. We're live here noon until one thirty. We have a rogues gallery Thursday. of chairs over here. You can sit in and have a and and watch the show and have a uh, cocktail. Road waves. Coming up to play us off the stage of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. Uh, this is a, their, their newer video. It's called Hometown. And uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, enjoy your weekend when it gets here. Bye.